So JD, there's a theme that surrounds your work that pretty much intrigues me, mm. uh, which is like the many colors of, you know, the immortal crown. Mm -hmm. In the books, like queerness isn't a sin or a plot crutch for tension. It is a raw expression of the identity of each character, including the gods created. Including the gods. Queer was never given an immortal crown. We had to claim our own crown, but most of us in the community understand the fluidity of life and feeling. Um, I loved how you portrayed the how accepting Bellwin's parents are of his identity during a conversation you portrayed between him and his mother. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. How do you? What was your thought? when you decided to portray such a relevant theme like queerness into your work and how you decided to tackle it. I love the title of this one, The Many Colors of the Immortal Crown, because all these colors evolve and change just like everything else in life. So I wanted to create a world where the real sin is a change of narrative for benefit and not someone's identity. Overall, um, I wanted to create characters that um, were not only relatable, but that were also inquisitive and empowered in who they were in their own skin. And that also included the gods. Um, in in the, the mythology of, of Echoes of Fallen Stars, you have Therestine, the Lonely Architect. He creates uh, the universe out of chaos. And then you have the region, the three region, Horma, Densus, and Abyssis. They are just – they are massive gods made up of energy, no gender, just power. And they're able to have these sort of demigods, which are called the lowly gods. Um, and out of these lowly gods, Lucifer is born in thought. So I really wanted to create a world where – you could feel empowered. You could find yourself in these characters and not use um, these differences to build tension, but to empower others. I think that's very important in fantasy right now. And in real life. And in real life, fantasy. absolutely. And in real life. With this climate that we live mm -hmm. in, so many homophobic statements from politicians. And yes. like, you know, I feel like. It was, it is brave to tackle this topic and to subvert the way you did, mostly when we talk about religion. Like, as we've mentioned to a prior episode, mm -hmm. like we, we both grew up mm -hmm. in a religious household. Mm -hmm. And at least in my upbringing, the church. I used to attend, there was always this tension when it comes to being queer. Yes. Or your sexuality. And I remember that I, my thought was always like, why would God care about this shit? <laughs> <laughs> we have our first cuss word, everybody. <laughs> sorry, but it's just like, I feel like he has more stuff to do. <laughs> he's, he's busy he's busy like creating the world isn't it what you guys told yeah, me the, yeah the he's universe not, he has God, like yeah. a, a huge to-do list he, he's worried <laughs> if i'm kissing a girl or a guy or like 
this <clears throat> this is not likely to be true. Not very godly. Not very godly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it. <clears throat> that 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 idea for me always <clears throat> sounded so absurd. Um, that's why I loved how you portrayed the sexuality t theme and the gods as well, because it sounds controversial at first, but when you think about it and you, you, you know, you address this again, it's a patriarchal system that made us believe yeah. it is the way it is. Mm -hmm. So, uh, were you afraid of any retaliation when you wrote that from like the evangelical community or something like this being a, and i say that because i know how the community is because <laughs> we both know yeah. uh how was your process deciding to do such a huge controversial <laughs> statement based on our upbringing mm -hmm. uh were you comfortable at first or were you also reluctant within yourself to fully dive into the narrative? Um, so this is actually something I never really mentioned. And I don't know the answer. You're my friend, <clears throat> but I really don't know the answer because yeah. I never asked you. <laughs> These books were very therapeutic for me to write because I made peace with my past with the boy that was trying to get it right. I'm thankful for that past. I learned a lot. You're not going to see me ever curse my time in organized religion or ever, you know, regret because I did learn a lot. I learned a lot of leadership skills. I, I acquired a lot of skills in the arts and even in entrepreneurship. But I did find myself falling into a hole where I was only accepted for the gifts that I had and not who I was. So you like learn performance-based love. Yes, performance-based love, which that route carried over to me as a, a, a boy who was always inquisitive, who was always really questioning um, the stories being told around me. And I remember one time someone said this to me and uh, they said uh, oh um, JD you're like a helium balloon if no one holds you down you make everyone question and today I find that to be such a compliment but at the time I was so averted to the idea that I could be this catalyst willing to plant a little seed of thought because mm -hmm. my idea was not to destroy my idea was to make people think Mm -hmm. So when I wrote Immortal Crowns, when I had the idea, this was a redemption story for me. Because when I wrote my first book, The Whispers of the Fallen, I was in church. I was closeted. I had completely shut off the part of myself that was gay. Um, and I started performing really well. I was performing really well. And I wrote a book that I wanted to pour all of these ideas and thoughts. And if you read my first book, I wrote it when I was 18, and you read Crowns, you will find very similar moments. 
And I remember writing this and I, and I will tell my therapist, this is my redemption story. I need to redeem. I need to give that boy a chance to tell the story that he wanted to tell. And when I released these books, I said, I give no fucks if they don't sell. I just need to be honest. Literally. And yes, there was retaliation. Um, there was criticism, but there was also a lot of acceptance and empowerment because at the end of the day, if you didn't like it, you at least respect it because it's still around. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to stir up war, but conversation. Exactly. Come, it's, it's, it's a healthy thing to talk about dark themes, thought provoking themes, things that we don't agree with. You know, we, we live in New York where our minds are challenged and inspired at the same time, literally every single day. You know this. Yes. Yes. And I love like the combination of themes that like at the end of the day, it's not about queerness or religion it's about identity it's about identity exactly. it's about embracing who you are mm-hmm. and the process and each one you know of course has a different process but it's like a process it is um how do you think you know how did we embrace our identities and found strength to pave the way in business and art for others to follow suit and i want you to answer it and then i'm going to answer it also myself. Hmm, how do we do that by being brave? Um, you know, you said something very interesting. Uh, it's about identity. It's about being who you are, being George, mm-hmm. right? Uh, before JD, there was George. And uh, I came, I, I today embrace that I am Brazilian. I am American. I am both. I have to be honest. And proud of of that root that gives me so much today, and that ties in with your question because it's about being brave, not only how you're getting to the destination, but where you come from. I come from a little town called Fiminópolis, from Goiás. Came here as a little kid. You know, I'm so proud of that little kid, and I'm sure I'm you, so proud of you. I'm so, <laughs> thank you, and I'm sure you. You know, you're sitting here and you've also accomplished so much, but I'm sure when you look at the little girl, don't make me cry. <laughs> you, you can't help but be like, this is how we pave the way by being brave, by yeah. telling our stories, by telling narratives. And right? occupying spaces. Ah, occupying that honestly, spaces. Honestly, I never thought myself occupying them. Mm. I could not envision that. Mm. It was so distant and like absurd, but here we are. Here we are, <laughs> occupying space. I love that, occupying spaces. So many people were like, especially like being a woman in, we know there's a lot of sexism mm. in the world due yeah. to, we couldn't vote, we couldn't, you know, we did not have, the access was different for women for so many times we you know, from from voting to yeah. opening bank accounts so there's still like a backlash we we fight every day and as a latina woman in the us adds another layer of like it's not only sexism sometimes it's 
xenophobia. But one thing that I like to think when I feel like I'm not doing that much for my community or what I represent, that's something my therapist told me once. You're not doing that much? Are you serious? What your life, you're, it's like what you're doing, the books you're writing, the content you're creating, the spaces you are occupying, everything. Your existence is resistance. Mm. So you don't have to be performative about it, but like just by being who you are and doing what you're doing, you are already You're occupying space, occupying those spaces. And, 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 you, and you see how being representative of change does not lie mm -hmm. in, you know, the big things or yeah. the small things. It's just, just know, being is being enough. Is enough. Yeah. You don't have to perform to be loved. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really hard because there's this whole ethos of the, um, protest and ethic and the spirit of capitalism itself, which enhances the sense of mm -hmm. pseudo meritocracy. Mm -hmm. um, so therefore, you know, we rate 10 out of 10, nine out of 10, yeah. a plus winners, losers, alphas, betas. It's too much sometimes to handle, but I just feel like once we embrace number one, we don't have to perform to be loved. Number two, our existence per se, yeah. it's enough. We embrace our identities and it doesn't matter if it's like being queer, being Latin, being Asian, being... Just being. Just being. Being who you are. Exactly. And in in Gods and Mortals, that's such a relevant theme because you have Belwound, a gay boy. Arnon, a bisexual boy. Mm -hmm. You have the regent, energy. Mm -hmm. And what truly matters in this sphere is the change of narrative for control. Their identities, their, their, their pride in who they are is what helps them face the gods. Mm-hmm. And that ties in so beautifully today because be proud of who you are and you can face anything. Mm -hmm. Be proud of, of where you stand. Mm -hmm. Be proud of the ground you tread upon. Be mm -hmm. proud of the ground you tread upon because that's what's going to give you strength to fight these battles. Woman, men, queer, give me all the, the colors. At the the end many of, colors. The many colors at the end of the day, be who you are. You said something that's going to stick. You are doing something just by being, just by breathing. Yeah. Just by occupying a space. And I think that's such a powerful thing. Well, thank, thank you for uh, provoking that thought. <laughs> <laughs> But more than that, for <clears throat> starting this conversation, you're... You know, your work certainly is history in the making when it comes to tackling Thank this you. subject. Thank and you. I'm, I'm glad to share this moment with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>